Daniel Fritzberger and bloodandfaith.com, 2nd of March, 2024. I'm going to talk about flat earth. Flat earth is a good uh, is a good topic because it gets people's attention when we're It's kind of like talking about the Jews. It's like, oh, my God, you're going to talk about that? <laughs> Why would I shy away from anything controversial, right? Uh, but that's just, uh, you know, that's really just clickbait. What I, what I always talk about is what the Bible says. That's, that's the thing. That's the issue. I talk about the Bible. And one of the great themes about what I have talked about for years now here at bloodandfaith.com is, is Christians, pastors, and I'm going to go after the pastors because you know why. It's not out of, uh, it, it's out of love for the pastors. It's out of love for the preachers. It's out of love for the people of God. And it's out of love and a desire to influence the greatest influences influencers on the planet, which are the preachers. And I've made the critique many times that the church uh, has abandoned the holy scriptures. And and I'm talking about I'm not talking about uh, you know you know Pope whatever the, the Pope's name is or or the uh, Anglican Church in England that marries the homosexual. I'm talking about Baptists and I'm talking about uh, you know fundamentalists or literalists or uh, you know, Protestant non-denominational churches, charismatic Pentecostal, that will keep and choose certain sections of the scriptures, but abandon entire portions of the Bible. And uh, my, you know, if we're going to build, rebuild Christendom, if we're going to build Christian nations, if we're going to build white and Christian nations, or black and Christian nations, or Vietnamese, you know, whatever, whatever. And believe me, I don't mind. Uh, being controversial in that stuff. The church is sickening. It just wants to avoid, uh, it will do anything it can to keep peace with the world. And that's got to come to an end. It's got to come to an end. Well, I'm not racist because that's got to come to an end. Spend too much time apologizing to those that hate Jesus Christ and not enough time preaching the Word of God. And so we're going to talk about biblical cosmology but before we talk about biblical cosmology i thought it would be uh, appropriate to discuss who created the heavens and the earth who made this stuff uh, you know, god 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 you got to say it like that right god god the father of us all. no jesus christ made the heavens and the earth genesis 1 1 in the beginning god in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory, the glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. It's Jesus Christ that is the creator. Jesus Christ was in the beginning with God, and through him all things come into being. Hebrews chapter 1. I don't have it here in front of me. I don't know why. Hebrews chapter 1. <clears throat> God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. Through whom also he made the world. He's the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature. He upholds all things by the word of his power. Hebrews 1 verse 10. You, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hands. All right? 
It's Jesus Christ that did the creation. It's Jesus Christ that created the heavens and the earth. It's Jesus Christ that created the sun and the moon and the stars and the plants and the animals and the fish and the birds and the mammals and, and, and the squids and, and, and the man and the woman. It was Jesus Christ that did this. This is basic, the ABCs of, of Christian theology. Jesus Christ is not the new God. He's not the new God that replaced the old God. He's not the savior of mankind, but God is somehow different. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I'm in the Father, and the Father's in me. Jesus Christ is literally the incarnation of God. All right, basic theology. By the way, the prophets talk about this too. Micah chapter 5, verse 2. It's talking about Bethlehem. Too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you, one will go forth for me to be the ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. That's Jesus Christ. Oh, by the way, what spirit inspired the prophets? What spirit inspired Isaiah and Ezekiel and Daniel and Moses? What spirit inspired them to, to write the Holy Scripture? Hmm. 1 Peter 1, verse 10. The prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful search and inquiries, seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. It was the Spirit of Jesus Christ that was in the prophets. It's the Spirit of Christ in the prophets. The Spirit of Jesus Christ. The prophets worshipped Jesus Christ. The prophets didn't worship some other God. The prophets worshipped Jesus Christ. Moses received the Ten Commandments from Jesus Christ. Isaiah prophesied by the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Abraham bowed down and worshipped before Jesus Christ. Jacob worshipped Jesus Christ. Daniel worshipped Jesus Christ. Moses worshipped Jesus Christ. The prophets were Christians. Peter makes it clear it's the Spirit of Christ within them. Exodus 33, verse 11, it says, The Lord spoke with Moses face to face as a man speaks with a friend. Yet Jesus said, No man's seen the Father. Well, who was he speaking to? Jesus Christ. All right, now let's get to the creation portion, Genesis chapter 1. And here, here you know, in, in some ways, it's very, very simple. It's very simple. If God created the world and the universe over billions of years, and it was bill it's billions of years old, and there's gradual evolution out of, you know, space dust and, and, and microbial whatever, and hydrogen atoms and helium atoms, no matter how they came together, and somehow they all collapsed, coalesced through gravity, and gradually suns were created and planets were created and moons were created, and billions and billions of years later there was some sort of, you know, we don't know really how, but these little atom things collapsed together and became a living cell, and over billions of years later, a living cell becomes uh, a male and a female. Why didn't, I mean, for crying out loud, why, doesn't, why didn't Jesus Christ just inspire Moses to write that? I mean, that's just the simplest thing you can come up with. Why didn't the Spirit of God inspire Moses to write that? 
a, a story of evolution that, well, there was these single-cell uh, creatures, and then they gradually changed over hundreds of millions of years and became frogs and lizards and, and deer and elk and bears and, and monkeys and gorillas and orangutans and, 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 and pygmies and people. And Why not? Why not? Wouldn't that have been simple for the Holy Spirit to inspire Moses to write? Why not? If that's the way it happened... If that's the way it is, how come Moses didn't get that from the Holy Spirit when he write, wrote down the first chapter of the book of Genesis? Well, you know, he didn't really know, and it was just a story that was being passed around by all those people. Well, it is, is the book of Genesis the inspired word of God or not? And I'm not going to sit here and argue with about it. If you, don't, if you reject it, reject it. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I care about the people that believe that it is, that... that are trying to make sense of this all because they don't get it from the pastors. They don't get it from the preachers. They don't get it from the pastors and the preachers. It's ignored by them because it's controversial. And they're going to call, get called a fundamentalist. And they're going to get called a flat earther. And they're going to get called a conspiracy theory. And they're going to get called ignorant Amos. And they're going to get called racist. And then they're going to get called anti-Semitic. And then their church is going to go out of business. So they stay away from this stuff. I understand why. But, but if you reduce it to that, if, if, if we came from a giant accident over billions of years and eventually evolved out of slime mold into who we are today, why doesn't the Bible say that? Why doesn't the Bible say that? Okay, it's, it's not... All right, number two. Point number two. Do you believe in the devil? Do you believe in the devil? Or is that just some vague concept that you, that you, that you think is that you blame sin on. What's the greatest power of the devil? What's his greatest power? It's not temptation. It's deception. The greatest power of the devil is not temptation. When you're holding hands with Susie and you want to do more than holding hands with Susie, that ain't the devil. That's just you because you're a human being. You're a human being, as they say. You're a human being. And you like Susie, and Susie likes you, and holding hands sometimes just ain't enough. That, don't blame that on the devil. That's just us being who we are. When you got to smoke that cigarette, you know, sometimes you need a time out from life. You're like, I can't take this anymore. I need a little escape. I don't care if it's bullet rye or Marlboros. I get it. That ain't the devil. That's just... We're human beings, and we need a little something to get us through the moment. I got it. It's the, the power of the devil. The power of Satan is deception. It's deception. It's being deceived. Okay, it's being deceived. It's not being tempted. It's being. It, it, we're drawn away from our lusts and our sins because that's who we are as fallen people. The power of the devil is deception from Genesis through the Revelation. Satan shows up. Looks like a beautiful dragon, serpent, whatever. He's chatting away with Eve, chats up Eve. She takes and she eats of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and Jesus Christ shows up. The Lord shows up. The Lord shows up. Well, what Lord? Well, we just discussed this, that Jesus Christ shows up because he was talking to Adam and Eve and the serpent. No man has seen the Father. It was Jesus Christ that showed up pre-incarnation. And, and, and Eve fesses up. She says, look, the, 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 the serpent 
did what? The serpent doesn't say the serpent tempted me. It says the serpent deceived me. He deceived me and I ate. He deceived me and I ate. He deceived me and I ate. If you go back to the book of Revelation, if you go to the Revelation, who? what does the serpent do? What does the snake do? What does the devil do? He deceives the whole world. He deceives the whole world. The devil deceives the whole world. He doesn't tempt the whole world. He deceives. He creates an illusion of something that, that he convinces you is true and it's false. That's what he did with Eve. He created an, an illusion with Eve. Eve, if you take this, you'll eat this. You're going to be wiser than God. You won't need me. You won't need God. You don't need Adam. And you're not going to die. It was a lie and it was a deception. That's his gift. All right? That's what he does. Now, why was he allowed to have this deceptive power over mankind? It's, it's very simple in my mind. It's very simple because we don't want to be accountable to the Almighty God. Just like say, we don't want to be accountable on, what do you mean he's going to judge me? He ain't, he ain't the judge of me. He ain't the judge of me. Satan comes along and says, well, I'm going to give you an illusion. And within that illusion, th there is no God for you to be accountable to. I said, well, we'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take two of those. Satan comes along and said, look, you don't have to, <laughs> he says to Eve, he said, you don't have to serve God. You don't have to serve Adam. You don't have to serve me. Just be wise and do your own thing. I'll take one of those. I'll take a double portion. All right, supersize it for me. All right, the same delusion works throughout all of human history. He comes along and he goes into the heart of Christendom and he says, listen, I'm going I'm to throw something else out there. Um, it's this. Uh, religion is simply the invention of man. And man uh, created God in order to uh, explain how everything got here. But now you're so wise, you're so wise that you don't need God anymore. All right, because you got it figured out. And now what is truth is now going to be a lie, and what is a lie is now going to be a truth. That's the deception of Satan. There is no God. There is no eternal life. There is no salvation. There is no judgment day. Oh, well, I'll take two of those. That means I can do whatever I want in this life. Well, let's, let's increase that illusion. Let's increase that illusion. What if we are, in fact, byproducts of time and chance? If we're byproducts of time and chance... There's no God. And, and if we evolved upward out of slime mold, then what do you, what do you mean death? Eventually we're going to evolve so we don't even die. If we uh, evolved upward out of atoms bouncing off across each other, there's no need for a creator. And if we are, in fact, an infinitesimal speck of something floating around in infinite space, forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And, and you make it so big that mankind can't comprehend it and it becomes his religion. Well, there's your deception. And it, it, it becomes topsy-turvy. All right, now. I wrote, I wrote in, a, in, a, in a preface to this. I said, you know, if you were the devil, wouldn't it be wise to create a religion where God isn't needed? Wouldn't it be nice to create an illusion where, where God simply isn't necessary to explain our existence? All right. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 3. In the beginning, God, Genesis chapter 1, God creates the heaven and the earth, right? Earth is formless and void. 
And the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep. And there was darkness over the face of the deep. Okay, the earth exists before the sun and the moon and the stars. Then the Almighty, Jesus Christ, he says this, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw, God saw that the light was good. And God separate, separated the light from the darkness. By the way, when you have time, go compare the first chapter of the book of Genesis with the first chapter of the gospel according to St. John. I don't have time to get into that, and, and, and I, my, I may spend a lifetime just exploring that, the themes of light and darkness. All right, then I jumped right forward to that. Here's what I want to focus on. I want to focus on the firmament. What's the firmament? That's that. It's, it's the cap that goes over the earth. It's the dividing line between that which goes under the earth and over the earth. It's a, a, a boundary, a barrier, uh, something between the waters above the earth and the waters below the earth. There's a whole, out of the six days of creation, there's a whole day devoted to the creation of the firmament, the expanse that the New American Standard says. The rakia in, in the book of, well, Ezekiel and, and the book of Genesis. The rakia. It's the creation of a firmament, a boundary, a barrier, a, a border, something between the waters above and the waters below. I mean, a whole day is, is spent on this. Uh, out of the six days, there's a whole day on the creation of the firmament. Why? Why? Why not throw it in there as an asterisk and not pay attention to this because nobody believes in it? You go straight from the earth to the moon, the moon to the sun, the sun to the, you know, the, 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 the billions of galaxies, right to Jupiter, right to Pluto. What do you mean a boundary? What do you mean a border? It's infinite. There's no boundary. There's no border. You go right from compressed gases called our atmosphere to a perfect vacuum. Somehow the, the, <laughs> the compressed gases don't uncompress. There's no boundary. There's no border. Then God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. If this were not true, why does it say this? That's my point. If this were not true, why did God put it in the word of God? If this is not true, why waste space with this? Is God the deceiver? Oh, guess what? By the way, if you read the Gospels, if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Pharisees, the Jews, accused Jesus Christ of being the deceiver. And the Holy Scriptures say that the devil is the deceiver. It's a binary solution. There's no third path. There is no third path. Never has been a third path. The Jews, the Pharisees, can, can accuse Jesus Christ of being the deceiver. They say, hey, let's get rid of that. We got this deceiver. He's deceiving people. No, no, no. It's the devil's children that deceive people. It's the devil that deceives people, and he does it through his children. Just like God brings the gospel to people, but he does it through his church. Jesus Christ brings the gospel to the lost world through his church and only through his church. He doesn't personally show up. He showed up once, and that was it. Then he endowed his church with the Holy Spirit. He said, you go out and you preach and you share the good, you share the light of salvation with the world. 
Why do you think Satan's synagogue is any different? Satan doesn't show up and, and, and say, oh, look at me, listen to me. No, he inspires his children, his little babies, to spread lies and deception. Same as the church does. Well, you can't say people are, we're all God's children. God doesn't say that. In fact, from the very beginning in the first book of Genesis, it's very clear. He says that, look, there's light and there's darkness. I'm going to separate the light and the darkness. Boundaries, borders, and separation. Don't tell me we're all the children of God. We're not all the children of God. Well, but God, you know, and you got all these runarounds you do. Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let the waters be separated from the waters above, from the waters below. And he made the expanse, and he separated the waters which were below the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse, and it was so. And God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening, and there was a morning, a second day. Now, what is my point in this? My point is this. Satan is the deceiver. Satan is busy. Satan has created deceptions. The Bible says he's created, he's deceived the whole world. And so my, 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 my goal here is to get you to ask the question, huh, huh, if Satan deceived the world, how is he deceiving me? Did he see, deceive me from holding hands with, with, with Samantha and Sally and Susie? Come on, guys. If he deceived Eve into oblivion for the human race, falling into darkness and sin, do you really think he's working on <laughs> He don't need no temptation on that part. We do that work for him. If you're the great deceiver, why don't you paint a picture of, why don't you create an illusion that God doesn't exist? Why don't you create an illusion that we're, there's no judgment day? Why don't you create an illusion of, of how all that is, is that, that we can see and touch and feel and hear and understand uh, spontaneously erupt, erupt, uh, erupted? emerged without a creator at all now that's a deception that's a deception worthy of the devil that's a deception worthy of satan let's create an illusion let's paint a picture and create an illusion of a universe that's self-existing and self-sustaining and let's reduce god almighty to simply a fable and a story tell that ignorant and feeble-minded men have invented to comfort themselves. Now that's a deception worthy of the devil. That's a deception worthy of the devil. I'm asking you to understand this theologically. And that's the same thing I do with those people who call themselves, you know who. Understand it theologically. Get your mind straight with the Word of God. And then you can go out and you can say, huh, the Word of God says this. Let me take a look at a couple things. And you're like, oh, wow. Now it's all starting to kind of fall into place together. Church won't touch this stuff. Oh, yeah, once in a while you get a church and we'll have, we'll have a creation seminar. But if, if we're going to build Christian nations, you got to build them on Truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. Remember, these theories of evolution and 
a self-existing universe emerged out of the heart of Christendom. We've got to crush it out of the heart of Christendom and rebirth light, rebirth the Word of God, rebirth the Holy Scriptures. If we're going to get rid of deception, it's got to go down to the foundation of who we are as created beings by God. Not a little uh, lipstick on a pig, not a little paint. Well, let's just do a little paint. We're going to have a little happy club, a little happy clappy club over here, and we're all going to believe in Jesus, uh, but, you know, we, we defer to the scientists. Satan is the deceiver of the world. He uses his children to create. Well, my, my professor, he's a, he's a Christian man. Here's the Holy Scriptures. Why is there a whole day spent on the, the creation of the firmament? Now, we can sit here and we can talk about the firmament, and we can have this idea about the firmament, that idea about the firmament. The Bible says he, he, let, he, let the, uh, uh, the, the, he created the birds and they flew in the open firmament. also says he put the sun and the moon and the stars in the firmament. Okay, and, and we see that as of the second day, there is no sun, and moon, and stars, my friends. Oh, but there's day and there's night and there's light and there's darkness, but there's no sun and the moon and the stars on the second day. Why is that? Why is that? Is God a liar or is Satan a deceiver? Is God a liar? Is the Spirit of Christ abiding within Moses, who wrote the book of Genesis, a liar? This is what the devil's children say. This is what the Pharisees said of Jesus Christ. Or is Satan the deceiver that deceives literally the whole world with big, 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 big lies? Big lies. Not this little petty stuff that, that, that create a mockery of everything. The story of evolution in an infinite space continuum is so utterly at odds with what the Holy Scriptures describe. If it was true, why doesn't God just say it? Surely God could have created the world in you know, 14 billion years if he wanted to. And if he did, why didn't he just say that? It's because he didn't. He created in six days and he rested on the seventh. And Satan is the deceiver. He says, it says he deceives the whole world. And bringing it together, as I've talked about these beasts, and I've talked about the devil, and I've talked about the arrogance of the beast. Remember that? The arrogance of the beast, the arrogance of the beast, the arrogance of these world empires, the arrogance of an empire that says that we created God in order to uh, satisfy some inner need that we had. That's arrogance. That's blasphemy. That's the arrogance of the beast of Daniel. That's the arrogance of blasphemy of the beast in, in the Revelation. Trying to bring it all together for you. All right, it's it's not like, oh, you know, he's puffed up and he thinks he's so cool. No, 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 no. It's the arrogance of a global empire, of a world empire that says we are self-existing. God did not create us. Jesus Christ was just this nice little guy and pat him on the head and kick him in the butt. That's the blasphemy and the arrogance. The blasphemy that says that Jesus Christ, he was just some dude, product of fornication. Not the only begotten. So this is the blasphemy and this is the arrogance. We got to build the whole system. We got to build the whole package. It, 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 Genesis, look, it, it, there's a whole day in the book of Genesis on just the firmament. Oh, speaking of the firmament. 
Let's keep going on the firmament. Ezekiel chapter 1. Here's the firmament. Here's the firmament. Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 22. Now, over the heads of the living beings, there was something like an open expanse, like an awesome green uh, gleam of crystal spread over their heads. Okay, the word expanse is the same word as firmament in, in Genesis chapter 1. Rakia. It's the same exact word. R-A-K-I-A. You can look it up. You're, you're biblical scholars. So the expanse of Genesis chapter 1 is the same expanse of Ezekiel chapter 1. Verse 25, a voice came from above the firmament, above the expanse. Borders and boundaries, borders, boundaries. We've talked about that quite a bit here. Garden of Eden had borders and boundaries and had the first armed border guard. Verse 26, now above the expanse, above the rakia, above the firmament, that was over their heads was something resembling a throne. Wow, I never heard that before. I, why not? Why haven't you heard that before? How come that hasn't been in the pulpits? It's because the pastors working with their congregations don't want to offend anybody and don't want to be called this and don't want to be called that. Oh, you're just a flat earther. Oh, you're just ignorant. You're an ignoramus. Why should anybody listen to you? Oh, I'm not saying to fight small. I'm saying start with the Word of God. You've got to start with the Word of God. You've got to start with the Word of God. There's all kinds of scientific reasons, which I've explored just a tiny bit here at bloodandfaith.com, on why evolution is completely unscientific. I mean, it's, it's on its face, it's ridiculous, yet that's the deception. There's people out there exploring why a spinning globe is anti-scientific. I put a link on bloodandfaith.com for one of the sites that explores that. You can you can check it out, but but you know my strength is not on those things. It's on what the Holy Scripture says. And when when a whole day, when the second day, all God does on the second day is create this expanse, this rakia, this firmament. I think we ought to sit up and pay attention to it. We ought to sit up and pay attention to it. If the first day goes by and the second day goes by and the third day goes by and there's day and there's night and there's light in the darkness before the sun and the moon and the stars are created, I think we ought to pay attention to that. Well, how can there be light without a sun? Well, I'm glad you're asking that question and I want you to keep asking that questions. How can there be day and night without a sun? I'm so glad you're asking that question. I'm so glad you're asking that question. Let me ask you a question back. Is God a liar? Is the Holy Spirit a liar? Is is the, the, the or do the whole I mean, if if why didn't God just say, hey, on the first day, um, God created the sun and the moon and the stars, and then he created the earth, and there was day and night because it was the sun spinning around and doing its thing, or the earth was spinning around the sun. Why didn't he just say that? Why not? Why didn't he just say that? Maybe because that would make him a liar, because that's not the truth. That's why he didn't say that, because he is truth. Who's the deceiver? There, you got two choices here. It's Satan is the deceiver or Jesus Christ is the deceiver. It's the Word of God that is deceptive or it's these false priests and prophets at your universities that are the deceivers that serve Satan. I don't care how many crosses they wear around their neck. The Pharisees accused Jesus Christ of being a deceiver. The Pharisees, he told them, <laughs> told them who they were. <laughs> he said, you brood of vipers. Hello, Genesis 1, 
Genesis 3.15, you brood of vipers, you, you, you see to the serpent. The devil creates deception. Well, we know that the sun is 93 million miles away and the earth revolves around the sun. All right, well, let me throw this at you. Joshua 10, verse 13. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped. And the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and did not hurry to go down for the whole day. Well, that's just the Old Testament. We don't believe in that stuff. Oh, okay. All right. Let me throw another one at you. Matthew chapter 2, verse 2. We saw his star in the east. At the exact time that the star appeared, exact time that the star, boom, appeared, exact time that the star appeared, and the star went on before them and stood over the place where Christ was when they saw the star. Here's a moving star. The star is moving. The star moves, and it stands over the place where Christ is born. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know. But I think it was just blind chance. They just were, yeah, hadn't too much of that, that uh, mead back then, and, and they were wandering around looking at the stars, and they found Jesus. Why not take it at face value? You take being born again, John 3.16, at face value. Why not take the rest of the scriptures at face value? At the crucifixion, Mark chapter 15, verse 33, when the sixth hour came, darkness fell over the whole land until the ninth hour, from noon to 3 p.m., our time. Darkness fell over the whole land. How, how can that be? How can that possibly be? My point is, there's biblical cosmology. A, there's biblical cosmology that, that is described in the book of Genesis and in the prophets and in the Gospels. B, we are told that Satan is literally the deceiver of the whole world. From Genesis through the Revelation, he deceives the whole world. And C, how come we can't put that together? How come we can't stand back and say, you know what? Uh, Satan is the deceiver of the whole world. Uh, maybe we should compare what God said to what the deceivers say. Look, I'm going to tear down this system. I'm tearing down Satan's kingdom. We're going we're gonna to ex expose the lies. And, 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 and it, it, the church is AWOL on this stuff because we want to we wanna fit into both worlds. The church wants to fit into both worlds. And, and here's what the world says. Hey, church, you go be the church. You feed the poor. Heal the sick. Tell people fantasy, uh, 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 fantasy ideas about heaven and the next life and that God loves them and forgives them. Do all that stuff. Please stay in your sandbox and, and talk about that all you want. But you don't you dare come out and, and question our cosmology. Don't you dare question the deception and the lies of Satan. Don't you dare tell us what a biblical nation is. Don't you dare lecture us about boundaries and borders. We want to build a global empire and have the Antichrist rule over us, which rules over us now. Don't you dare mess with the areas that we want control of. And the church says, oh, and you'll like me, and you'll support me, and you'll give me money, and you won't call me dirty names? Okay, we'll stay in our sandbox and play. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm tearing down that sandbox. And we're going to take it all back. We're going to take it all back. But it's got to start with the preachers. The preachers got to preach this stuff. Oh, I'll lose half my congregation. Fine, they don't belong there. Uh, I would remind you of Jesus Christ. He turned to the congregation. A couple hundred people. I don't know how many people were there. 
He says, eat my flesh and drink my blood. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. They turn around. They said, <laughs> this guy's nuts. If your congregation doesn't belong there, they don't belong there. Vice versa, if you got a pastor that seeks friendship with the world, fire him and get a new pastor. You know, you don't have to leave. Make him leave. You pay his bills, don't you? All right, that's it. We're going to take this whole thing back. Fritzberger and bloodandfaith.com.